Jesus. Last week we started a new series that's called Dedication. It's follow-up from our uh, series from um, Mother's Day when we were doing uh, Ladies in the Bible talking about um, different uh, uh, female uh, person in the Bible themselves. And we took that into Dedication last week. And, and the, the, the thing that we really kind of hit upon last week was um, dads being involved in their sons and daughters' lives versus those who are absent um, in the sons and daughters' lives and the problems that that creates. So uh, kind of the idea was fathers, be present, be active, be involved uh, in your children's lives. We want to take that today a, a step farther and talk about now once we're, you're there, once you're involved, then um, how do we build an enduring home? Uh, how, how, do we do, uh, how do we do life to make it last? And who um, are back this week, um, because if my dad can come back after the story I told him, on him last week with uh, throwing the coins and stuff, and he came back again, so uh, I appreciate all you being back as well. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you, I hope you do. If you want to turn to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 25, kind of a different passage to look at as we're talking about building an enduring home, but uh, I, I think we're going to make it fit here uh, as we're talking about that. I don't know if we'll have the screens or not, so most of the things that I'll be saying are, are you want me to cut my mic too? No screens, okay. Uh, but the outlines are out uh, right as you walk in. If you want to, feel free to get up and go get an outline if you want to follow along from that because uh, we might. You know what? They say uh, sometimes uh, you can bore people to death with your uh, projection and, and your PowerPoint. You bore them by PowerPoint. So we're going to go back to the old time where you just have to watch and listen to me, okay? So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but First Samuel. Chapter 25, I'm going to begin with verse 28. It reads this, Please forgive your servant's offense, for the Lord will certainly make a lasting dynasty for my master because he fights the Lord's battles. Let no wrongdoing be found in you as long as you live. Even though someone is pursuing you to take your life, the life of my master will be bound securely in the bundle of the living by the Lord your God. But the lives of your enemies he will hurl away as from the pocket of a sling. When the Lord has done for my master every good thing he promised concerning him and has appointed him leader over Israel, my master will not have on his conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed or of having avenged himself. And when the Lord has brought my master's success... Remember your servant. David said to Abigail, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. Otherwise, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, who has kept me from harming you, if you had not come quickly to meet me, not one male belonging to Nabal would have been left alive by daybreak. David, who was not yet king, but David was about to make at this point in his life, 
David was about to make the biggest mistake of his life. All because of one unguarded moment. One unguarded moment. There are people today in prison because of one unguarded moment. There are families, marriages that have been destroyed because of one unguarded moment. And David was about to kill. He was going to kill Nabal. And Abigail comes and interrupts. Let me tell you something. If you don't have someone in your life that you consider to be an accountability partner, someone to hold us accountable for our actions and for what we're doing, please consider finding someone who, who, who will serve that purpose in your lives. And if you don't have that, just a plug, by the way, consider as we get to the end of the summer and start in the fall, we're going to be starting new life groups. We're going to be starting new accountability groups. Consider being involved in one of those life groups and be around people who can help to hold you accountable. Because Abigail comes to David. David's about to kill Nabal, and Abigail talks him out of it. She talks him into being held accountable for his decision that he was about to make. Just a couple of chapters later in this book, David is appointed to be king. And at that point in time, he is able to build a house. He's built, able to build a home for his future generations that's going to last forever. And I want to speak to you this morning about how to build an enduring home. But here's what you need to understand as we're going into it. It's not always about you. And it's not always about the now. And it's not always about making you happy. It is about what's coming. It is about future generations. We need to do more in our lives and with our lives than simply make a living. We need to make a legacy, a spiritual legacy for the generations to come. We're made up of three things, and this was what I want you to frame, wrap your mind around and frame as we, as we continue this morning. We're made up of three things. First of all, we're made up of seed. That's what our parents gave us. That's what biologically we are made from and who we are, the seed but we're also made up of deed. That's our behavior. That's the things that we choose to do in our lives, the choices, the decisions that we make that will either be good decisions or bad decisions. It's those behaviors that we act out. And then we're made of heed. Seed, deed, and heed. And the heed for today's terminology are the biblical restraints and the blessings that have been handed down to us from former generations. Seed, deed, and heed. And if you don't get anything else out of this morning, if you don't get anything else, hone in on this that I'm getting ready to tell you right now. 
If you have the notes, write it down. If not, consider it writing down and put it somewhere where you can refer to it at different times as you're living through your life because I want you to get this. It might change you. It might change your life. And it is simply this. In every deed, there is a seed. In every deed, there is a seed. Either righteous deeds that are sowing for the future or unrighteous deeds that are being sown for future generations. Passing it down. A popular term in the Bible that we talk about is lineage, right? Lineage is formed from two words, line and age. A line of ages being passed down. A lineage to a future generation. Generation, two words, genes and nation. Those two go hand in hand. I find it very interesting, or it's interesting to me anyway, that the first blood transfusion was performed on a sheep. And then it's also my understanding that the first cloning that took place was performed on a sheep. And yet when John the Baptist saw Jesus coming, he said, Behold, the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. Now why would John the Baptist have said that? Because he knew that it was going to be the perfect Lamb's blood that was going to be able to wash our sins away and cleanse us from all of those bad deeds that plant those bad seeds. I want you to understand that every deed produces a seed. What do I mean by that? Here's what I mean. We are either passing on iniquity or equity to the next generation. I I want to give you an illustration this morning. I'm going to ask Larry and Will and Riley. Will you guys come up here, please? Those of you sitting back there heard Riley being so willing to come. He's, he's missing children's church to help us out with this illustration this morning. So, Thank you, Riley. All right, Larry, come over here. I want you to stand first. Will, you get in, in the middle. And Riley, I want you on this side of your deal. Can, can you guys just kind of lock arms? I, I'm going to get behind. I just want you to kind of look at them and, and watch them just for a second. I told them they don't have to say anything. They don't have to do anything. They just have to be Vanna Whites this morning, just standing in front of you, yeah. (laughs) This is what I want you to get. Satan, the devil, fears three generations of good seed. He fears. That's why in the Bible when we talk about God being the God of Abraham, we we talk about him being the God of Abraham, the the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. That's why when the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, he he told Timothy that basically, Timothy, you come from good stock. You come from good seed. Your grandmother Lois, your mother Eunice, and now you, three generations. 
What, what I want you to get as they stand here in front of you today is that everywhere they go, I'm going to, I'm going to hone in on Will, okay? Everywhere he goes, he is not by himself. Everywhere he goes, he's taken a part of what Larry has fed into his life, and he's taken Riley with him as being the moral model, role model of what and who he wants him to be as he grows up. Now that's something to think about. Because dads, listen to me. If you go on a business trip and you check into your hotel and you get on that TV and you start bringing up some R-rated, some TV, MA or whatever, however the ratings are, even some porn type of show, I want you to know and understand you're not sitting there just watching that by yourself. Because every deed produces a seed. On the other hand, if as Will did this morning, he got up, he grabbed his things, he got ready, he came to church. We have three generations here in church this morning standing in front of you. What's important about that is every deed produces a seed. So if I'm sitting at home and I go to my Bible and I get my Bible out and I start studying and I start reading the Word of God, the devil doesn't like that. It's no wonder the devil doesn't want you reading your Bible. Because you're either sowing iniquity or equity for the next generation. And that equity can be a righteous equity that will filter down and and be a lasting influence, a seed into little Riley's life as he grows to mature to be a man in just a few years. Now listen to me this morning. You might be sitting here and you might be saying, Dads, I'm talking to you. You might be saying, "But, but I'm strong. I'm okay. I'm doing great. I've got my act together. I've got my life together. But what I want you to know and understand in our world and in our culture, and a little bit older than Riley, if the, if the, if the situation would have been different, um, let's say if I'd have had uh, Jim Reed and Jamie and Owen, and Owen would have been the third generation here. What I want you to know and understand is statistics show us that Every day, for nine hours plus a day, they are getting nothing but filth from the music, the TV, the internet, and the media being fed into their lives. Each and every day, nine hours. That's why I'm telling you it's not just about the here and now. That's why I'm telling you it's not just about us. That's why I'm telling you it's not just about us being happy. Because you are storing up, in in this situation, will. Will is storing up either iniquity, which are sins, or equity, righteous equity, for the future generation. You guys can go if you want. You can be seated. Thank you very much. And why is that the case? Because every deed produces a seed. Now Satan will tell you, he'll put in your mind that 
but I'm frustrated. I'm I'm tired. I want to give up. I want it. Satan wants to feed that into your mind. But no one understands that every time I worship, every time I open and read and study my Bible, every time I honor God with my life, I'm taking my children with me. On the other hand, if I dishonor God with my life, I'm taking my children with me. It affects all kinds of things um, in our lives and, and stirs up all kinds of issues. And Satan is always looking to dig in and, and be a part and, and just tear us apart. And it happens in so many ways. And I know there are kinds of reasons for, that people separate, get divorces and that type of thing. But I just, I just thought this week about uh, uh, Billy Graham's wife, Ruth Graham, um, at one point in time. She was at, it kind of fits into this a little bit, but she was, she was asked on her thoughts on divorce. And, and they asked Ruth Graham, Billy Graham's wife, would you ever consider divorce? And Ruth Graham's answer was, divorce? No. Murder? Maybe. <laughs> and I'm not a history, I'm not a history buff at all. But I think it was Cortez. As I do my notes, I'm thinking, was it, I should have looked this up. Was it really Cortez? But I think it was Cortez. Was the, the Spanish, um, uh, the, the Spanish uh, individual that took the ships and he took his men and they went to explore. And when they got to their destination, he burned the ships so that they couldn't even consider going back. They, they couldn't consider going back to where they had been. That's what we need to do in our spiritual lives. Because as I talk about three generations, you might be saying, as we talked about last week, but my dad wasn't even there. My dad was, he's not involved, or my dad has not been good in my life or whatever. Then start your generation. Let it begin today. Be a Cortez and burn those ships so that you don't go back to those evil, wicked ways. Repent of those things and don't go back. Start producing the seeds that are going to last. Spiritual seeds, righteous seeds to the next generation. Unfortunately, we live in a society today where anything goes. Amen? If it feels good, do it. It's all about you. It's all about your happiness. It feels good, do it. But no, no, the God we serve can erase the past. That blood can wash away our sins. They can be as far away as the east is from the west. We can be cleansed as white as snow and start afresh. Let me give you a great example. A few weeks ago, I think he started the series with the women in the Bible on talking about Rahab, or it was one of the first weeks. Uh, Ron talked about Rahab. Rahab came from a society, a culture, that the gods that they worshipped were the gods of sex. Okay? They worshipped, in their homes, they worshipped these gods of sex and practiced all of these sexual immoralities. That's who they worshipped. 
And so the spies come in and Rahab says, I know your God. I know what he's going to do. He's going to wipe out my people. You can hide here in my house. But what did she say? When you come in and take all that we have and you destroy our city and you wipe out all of our people, remember me and my family. You see, she made a choice on that time, at that time in her life. She made a choice on that day to start right then and go away from all of that that she had been worshiping, go away from what she had been le- living, Rahab the prostitute, and made a decision to change her life at that point in time. So what happened with that? Rahab had a son named Boaz. If you remember in the women in the Bible, we also talked about a lady named Ruth and Naomi. Naomi sent Ruth to the home of Boaz. Boaz Mary ends up marrying Ruth. They have a son named Obed, who has a son named Jesse, who has a son named David, who the Bible says our Messiah would come from the lineage of David. Why? Because one lady wanted to change her deeds and produce righteous seeds. Because every deed has a seed. The next thing on, on, your, on your outline, since we don't have it on the screen, is this. Something to consider. And, and you can, in your mind, you're going to live this out as I say it. And it is this. Every generation will go a little bit farther. Every generation will go a bit further. Listen to me, dads. You do things that your dads would never have thought of doing. What the father does in moderation, the son will do in excess. Another way to look at it. What one generation sees as optional, the next generation will see as unnecessary. So you better be careful about how you're lowering the bar. I'll use an example of church attendance. Maybe when you were growing up, your parents were at church all the time. The doors were open. They were going to be at church. They drug you to church. That was your life. We're going to church Sunday morning. If it's open on Wednesdays, we're going to church on Wednesdays. That was the lifestyle back then. Maybe, just maybe, you see it today as, well, you know, I still like to go to church, but there are other things in life that I like to do, and there are things that I like to be involved in, and I will go if nothing better is coming along or, or whatever. And so it's a little bit more optional then maybe the next generation your kids are seeing it is well it was kind of an optional thing maybe it's not as necessary and you see what we've done in three generations we've gone from I'm not going to miss to I'll go if nothing else comes up to 
that's really not that important. Because every deed produces a seed. Dads, listen to me. If you watch R-rated movies, you think about what your kids are going to watch. I personally don't have anything against people uh, that like to have a drink, but on the other hand, if you're a social drinker, how much will your, kid, will your kids drink? Because every deed produces a seed. I heard a story one time about a wealthy businessman who had made a lot of money, millions and millions of dollars of going in and, and building houses, built, you know, the housing additions, you see them go up and he'd he had built so many homes and had made a whole lot of money and putting these housing additions in, building these homes. And he had one gentleman who was kind of the main contractor. He was the builder. And this guy had worked for the wealthy businessman for uh, 30 years. He had been kind of like the lead uh, contractor, the manager over these complexes that were going up. Uh, but 30 years had come and gone, and the wealthy businessman was about ready to hang it up. And so he called his builder to him, and he said, hey, here's what's going to Here's what I want to do. He said, you know, we've been at this a long time, and my wife and I, um, we're about ready to retire. We're, we're about ready to, uh, to, to slide out of this business, and we're going to go away. We're going to go overseas. We're going to go out of the country for four months. But I want you to build me one more home. He said, I put it in a bank account. I put $500,000 in a bank account for you to build one more house um, before we before we retire. So we're going to go away for four months, and I put that money in the bank account. I want you to build the home, and then when we get back, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it then. And so the wealthy businessman leaves the country. He's gone, and, and the builder is getting ready to start building the home, and he starts thinking in his mind. He just starts thinking. He's like, you know what? For 30 years, I've been building homes for, these guy, for this guy and his wife and the company, and, and I've made them a lot of money. I've made them millions and it's helped for me to have thousands, but I've made them millions. And this is going to be it. He says, this is it, $500,000. And you know, I think if I could just cut some corners here or change some things here and there, I, I think if I go with a, one less grade of carpet and kind of five less years warranty on a roof and Maybe I don't put quite as much insulation in the walls. I think I could skim off about $50,000 to put in my pocket. And aesthetically, nobody will ever know. No, nobody will see that. And so he did that. And, he, and four months later, the wealthy businessman and his wife came back and he called the builder and he said, hey, I want to meet you at the house. I can't wait to see it. I want to see what you did. And so they met, and they walked through it, and the, the wealthy businessman was like, wow, this is great. This looks so fantastic. We're so excited about this house that you just built, and we're so excited. My wife and I have been talking, and I just want you to know, here's the title. Here's the deed. Here's the keys to what you just built. Thank you for everything you've done. Because the house, listen to this, because the house that you built will be the home 
that you live in forever and ever. Are you building a home that's going to last? Are you building for the next generation? Are you building a spiritual legacy? Or are you just making a living? Listen to me, dads, because I think God's speaking to us today. I read a book a few years ago. It's a book by Andy Stanley, but the name of the, the title of the book was Choosing to Cheat. And that title's a little bit misleading because it wasn't necessarily cheating like we would think about cheating, but um, the, the message in the book was that in our lives, there's about to be a train wreck. In our lives, there's this crash about to happen. And what he was saying is the family and the workplace are on a crash course And something has to give. Something has to give. Now listen, I'm not saying you don't work hard. I'm not saying you don't put your all into your work and all of that. I'm saying you can't neglect those things that are most important in your lives. You can't can't take for granted the time that you have with your kids and your grandkids. Those things are important. And he made this statement in his book that I, I've actually have, have I've borrowed it from time to time, but it actually came from this book from Andy Stanley. And he said this, I've never been at the bedside of a dying man that's last words were, I wish I'd spent more time at the, at the office. I wish I'd spent more time at work. No, it's always, I wish I had more time with my family. I wish I'd spent time doing this with them. Because here's the deal. 30 years from now is what's going to matter. Are you building a spiritual legacy for the next generation? As Spencer and the worship team comes up, I'll ask you to stand. And again, I want you to take away with you today that every deed produces a seed. That's what we heed. (laughs) Will you sow? Dads, I'm talking to you. Will you sow righteous seeds? Or will you sow unrighteous seeds for the next generation? Because what the world will tell you is we need some big, strong man to do all these things to be successful. Now, there is something powerful in a man who will get up in the morning and open the Word of God and bring that Word of God with them into a house of worship and live a life that honors God. Those are the kind of men we need in America. Those are the kind of men we need in this world, of all countries. Godly men 
who will be bold and stand up and have barriers, have boundaries in their lives that they won't cross. Because they know in their minds and their hearts that every deed produces a seed. Maybe you're here today and, and you're missing that part of Jesus being in your life and Jesus being your master, Jesus being your, your Lord and Savior. Maybe, maybe you're searching for that and you feel God pulling at your heart for that. If that's you and you want to come up today, we'd love to talk to you and pray you through that, that, uh, that choice, that decision in your life. But dads... Moms, everybody, this is a series on dedication, right? Maybe there's just been those little parts of your lives where you've been going outside of those boundaries. Maybe you haven't made all the best choices and decisions. And maybe you didn't have that generation to be the good role model for you. Doesn't matter. Be a Rahab. Start it today. So that your choice, your decision, will bleed into the next generation. And the next generation. Because Satan fears three spiritual generations. And he cowers to it. So if that's you today and you need to just change those priorities in your life, I pray that you do that. Whether you do that there in your chair or whether you come up and want to pray about that as well. If you're here today and you're looking for a church home, you're looking for a family to be a part of, and you want to consider East Columbus Christian Church to be that family, uh, we'd love to talk to you about that as well. But let's pray and then we'll sing our final song.